Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your weekend, a special Saturday edition of the Daily Hammer. But of course, it needs to be a special Saturday edition with how big of a day it is in Braves country and for the Braves in New York with the doubleheader on tap against the New York Mets. Of course, you can find the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, the Daily Hammer, as well as the new podcast with Stephen Tolbert and site manager Chris Willis, all at BatteryPower.com and at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media, as well as free on all, pod- all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. So just make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll be there with the latest content when it's available. Nearly every day there should be new content available when it comes to the Battery Power Podcast. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And this is via New York and last night, was more like it. Last night was a lot of fun. It was it was a 180 from Thursday. The Braves were the ones getting off to the early lead. Eight runs in the first three innings, giving Ian Anderson more than enough room for him to be able to maneuver. Now, the big storyline for Ian Anderson is another night of struggles. He looked very good through the first four innings, but unfortunately, once again, third time through the order, getting into that fifth, six innings, fifth, fifth, sixth inning, it wound up hurting Ian Anderson as he ran into some trouble in the fifth inning. Dylan Lee came in and gave up a home run to Darren Ruff. Overall, the Mets were able to score five runs in the fifth inning. They added a run on later, but the Braves, the main point is the Braves had enough room from that point on, to be able to, you know, allow a bit of a comeback. Again, it was a, it was a very much a reverse. It very much was the same story from Thursday night. Thursday night, the Mets got to the big lead. The Braves came back within striking distance, but couldn't, you know, close the door. The Mets were able to get the win. Well, on Friday night, it was the Braves getting out to the big lead, and then the Mets coming back. But one of the bigger storylines from last night beyond Ian Anderson's performance, which again, You have to assume that, you know, that's going to start playing into things. What I mean by that is Ian Anderson's performance last night with Jake Odorizzi on the mound for the first game, you know, when the Braves eventually go from a six-man rotation, it seems like the Braves may take advantage of a six-man rotation with a doubleheader today, and then they have another doubleheader coming up over the next several days against the Marlins. You would have to assume the Braves probably stick with a six-man rotation at least through the early part of August, but if Ian Anderson continues to struggle and Oda Rizzi comes in and shows some good performances, you may have a decision to make at that point in time. Won't speculate too much until that time comes, but with every start Ian Anderson struggles again, there now is someone in place for the Braves to potentially slot into Anderson's rotation spot, and if it comes to it, to give Anderson a bit of time to hopefully be a reliable arm for the playoffs. But another fun development was A.J. Minter coming in last night and shutting down the Mets' offense. Three strikeouts in one one-third inning, including a big strikeout to end that rally for the Mets in, I believe it was the sixth inning. And then Rysel Iglesias came in and made his debut. Overall, between those two, two and one-thirds innings, five strikeouts. That's the type of dominance that you could get consistently from this Braves bullpen, especially with how Mentor and Iglesias are throwing the ball. You hope Matzik, you hope um, uh, 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 Kinley Jansen and others, you know, get going as well. That's the type of effectiveness you can see from the Braves bullpen. You hopefully will see that a bit later on today during the doubleheader. But the biggest storyline of all, 
was the production of the Braves outfield. Eight of the 14 hits came from the Braves outfield. Two home runs from Eddie Rosario as well as Michael Harris. You know, we've been hinting at it. We've been talking about it. Eddie Rosario over the past 10 or so days really starting to see the ball well, consistently making good contact. He has been a bright spot so far for the Braves offense. But it wasn't just him. Michael Harris was absolutely excellent at the plate and in the field once again. It seems like every time Michael Harris homers in that same game, when he hits a homer, he'll make an outstanding play in the outfield. And then, of course, building off Thursday night's home run, Ronald Acuna Jr. was able to produce four hits last night. You know, through the month of July, through much of the Braves, you know, getting hot late May, June, July, it's been the infield. It's been Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson that have been the big contributors for this Braves offense in terms of consistency. Now, the that trio is struggling a bit to start off August. If the Braves outfield can pick them up, and they certainly have the capacity to do that with the offensive talent of Acuna, Harris, and Rosario, you know that would be a huge, huge development. Obviously, of course, Robbie Grossman, who likely will make his first Braves start against David Peterson, you know, Grossman's excellence against Southpaws likely will make his debut in the first game of the doubleheader. With that type of depth and offensive potential, the Braves outfield actually delivering on that offensive potential could be a great development, and it could not have come at a better time than this series. So, of course, yes, there were some struggles on the mound, but the bullpen was able to get the job done, and the Braves offense once again showed just how special it could be even in the toughest of games. Well, that's going to have to continue as the Braves face the Mets with the doubleheader. And not only is David Peterson awaiting in Game 1, but Max Scherzer is also going to be waiting for the Braves in the nightcap. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another fun development from last night was the 14th home run of the season for William Contreras. And and once again, one of the most impressive things about William Contreras is number one is his numbers show. When he gets a hold of a, a baseball, when he puts a barrel to the ball, the ball comes off his bat up there with anybody's. I believe 97th percentile when it comes to max exit velocity. I mean, he's not um, necessarily a, a, a peak or an elite no hitter when it comes to overall average exit velocity, but 
But the ball comes off his bat, you know, just as hard as it does anybody else's in the majors. And the great thing about William Contreras is also the spray chart when it comes to his home runs. He's just as much, he, he's just as likely to take a ball to right field like we've consistently seen him do this season as he is to left. It's very, very impressive to see Contreras' approach and the fact that he can drive the ball to all parts of the field. And, and you know, we talk about Ian Anderson, you know, his spot in the rotation, you know, potentially now there being a discussion, you know, in the near future, if Jake Odorizzi were to get an impressive start to his Braves career this afternoon, you know, could there be a discussion potentially if William Contreras continues to produce while Marcelo Zuna continues to struggle when it comes to the designated hitter spot? That could be a reason why the Braves didn't necessarily make a move for another designated hitter is because they have a suitable, you know, option for if Marcelo Zuna continues to struggle, you've got William Contreras who can step in and he has shown time and time again this season he can deliver as well. He'll likely get another start today. It's, it's always fun. That's the great thing about the Braves is that there's so many players who you just can't leave your seat to go get something to drink or to step away for a moment because so many of them can put together a spectacular at bat and and William Contreras has done that several times this season. But a pivotal day for the Braves and the Mets. A doubleheader, this this doubleheader, as well as the doubleheader against the Marlins, I believe next weekend, when we talked about the first two series for each team of this season canceled, this is the doubleheaders that are making up those games. And so the Braves will be facing off against the Mets. David Peterson on the mound for the Mets versus Jake Odorizzi making his debut for the Braves. The Braves have had, you know, some struggles against Peterson so far this year. They're 1-1 one one against him, but 15 strikeouts in 10 and 1 thirds innings. David Peterson's put together a pretty good uh, a season for the Mets. He's, again, been another surprising addition, not necessarily in terms of his production, but his consistency in supporting, you know, the back end of the Mets staff as, as they've been waiting for Jacob DeGrom to come into the rotation. Max Scherzer has had a little bit of injury um, issues this year as well. Peterson has been a good stabilizing force, force along with Tywin Walker as well as um, Chris Bassett. So a tough matchup for the Braves, but of course Robbie Grossman likely making his Braves debut along with Odorizzi in this game. Should be very interesting to see how does Odorizzi perform? Can Robbie Grossman deliver like he's done over the past couple of years against left-handers? That's going to be a big key for success for the Braves. And then of course in the nightcap, it's going to be Max Freed versus Max Scherzer the second time over the past in, in less than a month that we've been able to see this matchup in uh, mid uh, mid July probably I believe it was around the July tenth thirteenth of probably ten or so days before the All Star game Max Scherzer Max Scherzer and Max Freed faced off against one another and Scherzer won the battle it was a four one win for the Mets Max Freed was not on his game or at least on his typical game. That day struggled with some control early. The Mets were able to make him work a lot of pitches. The hope for tonight's game is that Max Freed will be able to continue the impressive stretch that we've seen from him since the All-Star game with his strikeout potential. It definitely seems as if he's getting more swing and misses since the All-Star game. Him being able to put that together early and often will be a great way for the Braves to be able to hopefully figure out how to get a few runs off of Serger early to be able to support Freed. The Braves did announce that their 27th man 
for the doubleheader was Bryce Elder from AAA. Bryce Elder was up earlier this year. You know, showed a few flashes, struggled overall, though. He's been pretty decent at AAA. A bit surprising, perhaps, for those such as myself who thought that Kirby Yates could potentially be in the fold by now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when he's going to be made available. But likely, the Braves want to get Bryce Elder available just to have another arm that can go multiple innings in case one of their starters runs into trouble. They want to be able to alleviate a lot of, you know, usage from the bullpen. So a bit a pretty smart move by the Braves to bring in another arm that could pitch two, three, four innings if need be in one of the games today. At the end of the day, the focus is this. The Braves are one and one. Three and a half games. Nothing's changed since the start of the series. If the Braves can at least get a win today, I think that will be pretty successful. If they can win both, that'd be great. You have a variety of different outcomes. At the end of the day, the Braves could be as good as one and a half games out of first place, or they could be as bad as five and a half games out of first place. The hope is they'll be able to get the job done and at least get one win. Get it early against Peterson. You know, take your chances against Max Scherzer, and then you've at least got the series tied or better going in tomorrow's showdown between Spencer Strider and Jacob deGrom. Can't thank you enough for making the Daily Hammer a part of your daily routine. And of course, you can find the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, the Daily Hammer, and the new podcast with Chris Will Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert. All of this you can find at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, as well as free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. We'll see you next week here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>